KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Art Power is presenting Indian fusion band Red Bharat, mixing Indian bhangra rhythms, hip-hop, and funk music, March 23rd at the Epstein Family Amphitheater. Tickets and information about upcoming concerts and events at artpower.ucsd.edu. Hey everybody, so we're still in production mode gearing up for our new season launching October 14th. Until then, we've got another episode from the archive for you. This one's about artist Claudia Cano, whose work is currently on view as part of a new exhibition at the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego. The show is called To Tame a Wild Tongue, Art After Chicanismo. You can view it online at mcasd.org. The exhibition explores themes of Chicano, Latinx, and border art, and it's part of the build-up to the museum's big upcoming exhibition called Yolanda Lopez, Portrait of the Artist. The museum is doing a series of monthly charlas, or talks, with some of the artists in the Tetema Wild Tongue show. They're broadcasting them on Instagram Live, and Claudia just did her talk this week, actually. You can find that and others by following at MCA San Diego on Instagram. Okay, now on to the show. Think about this for a second. How often do you stop to have a conversation or even to say hello to the people who clean your home or office? Some people do make an effort to connect and say hi, but a lot of folks avoid eye contact and say nothing at all. The interaction can feel awkward because in those moments, privilege, power, and class are right there on display. It's uncomfortable to look, uh, to be aware of somebody else cleaning your, your, your dirt. That's Claudia Cano. She's all about making people feel uncomfortable. She's a performance artist who created an alter ego, a cleaning lady named Rosa Hernandez. Rosa fits all the stereotypes. She's Latina, speaks only Spanish, and wears a light pink maid's uniform with a white apron. She's rarely seen without a broom or a rag. And instead of cleaning homes or offices, Rosa cleans public parks, art galleries, and libraries. She's literally swept a pier in Oceanside, mopped an art gallery in LA, and cleaned a picnic area at a park at the border fence. Claudia invented Rosa after she had a hard time transitioning from her life in Mexico to life in the US. She eventually found her way here as a contemporary artist with a graduate degree in fine arts. But she thinks too many Latina immigrants like her are too often ending up as childcare providers or housekeepers. Rosa is Claudia's way of tackling that thorny topic. Claudia hopes Rosa makes people stop and think about their relationship with the women they pay to clean up after them. She wants people to consider these women's lives and personal struggles even if just for a minute. I'm Alan Lilienthal, and you're listening to Only Here, a KPBS podcast about the place where San Diego and Tijuana meet. Today, KPBS podcast producer Kinsey Moreland has a story about one artist's effort to bring attention to the lives of thousands of immigrant women cleaning homes here in the U.S., plus the artist's own search for a real-life identity along the way. Only here can you find an artist who dresses up as a cleaning lady to create a conversation. More after the break.
KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Osher Lifelong Learning Institute, hosting an open house to learn about the upcoming classes and seminars, member benefits, and meet the volunteer leadership team. Saturday, March 30th. Registration at extendedstudies.ucsd.edu slash O-L-L-I. With her cleaning lady alter ego, San Diego artist Claudia Cano wants to start a conversation about racial and gender disparities experienced by Latina domestic workers in California. Here's KPBS's Kinsey Moreland with the story. When Claudia Cano puts on her maid uniform and heads out to perform in public places, she becomes Rosa Hernandez. Seriously, for the duration of her performance, she speaks only Spanish, keeps her head down, and focuses only on cleaning up any messes she comes across. When she's performing as Rosa Outdoors, it's more of a spectacle because she's just so out of place. Some people get curious and ask her questions, but she refuses to break character. She maintains her persona as a very submissive cleaner who's too busy cleaning to talk. Most people who see her are unaware that Rosa isn't a real quote-unquote cleaning lady. Rosa is actually a work of art. At a recent performance at the Embarcadero in downtown San Diego, Claudia, performing as Rosa, went to work sweeping a stretch of sidewalk that winds alongside the San Diego Bay. Two teenagers on their iPhones mechanically lifted their feet when Rosa signaled that she wanted to sweep under the bench they were sitting on. Did you think that that was strange to have a lady sweeping the pier? Not really, it seemed fine to me. I just like accepted the, yeah. yeah. Keeps it clean, you know. I was like, like I like, I like, like, she's doing something good, like, okay. That's, yeah, you do you. you know? Yeah, exactly. And the outfit helped. You I was like, sweep, okay. You want to sweep, go exactly. for it. Exactly. Like those teens, some people were pretty baffled by Rosa's presence. I was just wondering if I could get your thoughts on uh, the cleaning lady right there. I have no, I was just looking at her. I have no idea who she is and what she's doing. What do you think she, <laughs> what is your best guess? Well, she, I, I, I really, I'm gobsmacked. I really don't know. When Rosa performs in galleries, it's a little less of a spectacle. People often think she's an actual janitorial employee. And that's key, actually, since she uses her art project as a way to examine the social interactions between a Latina immigrant and a mainly white audience. Sometimes, the way people treat Rosa can be pretty terrible. At a performance at a museum in Los Angeles, Rosa told a woman to be careful of the wet floors. She said it in Spanish, and the woman yelled at her, saying she didn't understand what Rosa was saying and that Rosa should learn how to speak English and get out of the way. And that was just one of the negative reactions that night. The same uh, performance, there were women complaining at the front desk. Why was that lady mopping the floor, it was a hazard, and someone was going to have an accident. So, yeah, it's, it's uh, the, those moments that I'm, I'm waiting to trigger, the real uh, character of the people. And there are, like, very few instances. But for me, that's gratifying. Back at Rose's recent appearance along the bay, 
most people actually straight up ignored or just didn't notice her. There's people cleaning up all the time and you just, they're kind of part of this, the environment in some ways. Lots of folks walked right past her without saying a word. Claudia says that's what happens at most Rosa performances. She says people even go out of their way to walk around and avoid her. But she knows they see her, and she hopes her presence makes them think, even just for a minute or two, about the role of Latina immigrant women. Okay, listen. If your skin crawls a little when you think about an artist using a cleaning woman character in her work, you're not alone. There's just something inherently icky about it. It feels a little classist or even racist and inappropriate. But Claudia, a Latina immigrant herself, embraces that ickiness. That feeling is exactly one of the things she wants to evoke with her public performances as Rosa. Claudia sees her art as a way to advocate for Latina immigrant women who work as cleaners. She gets to give them a voice and speak directly to the art world, which is often very white and affluent. Claudia sees Rosa as a way of standing up for these women. She even marched as Rosa in the historic Women's March in downtown San Diego a few years ago. She wanted immigrant women and the work they often do to be seen and considered. She also used Rosa for her thesis at San Diego State University and did a ton of research about racial disparities and how families in wealthy nations rely on women from poor nations to do their dirty domestic work. She says Rosa's role is to elevate the cleaning lady, a person a lot of people habitually ignore. You know, I I have a slogan. Actually, it's a painting that I had over there. That It's a print that says, Limpia tu mierda. You know, it's uncomfortable to see that somebody else is cleaning what you can't, what you don't want to clean. And it's, it's, a, it's a position of privilege. A few woke folks who've crossed Rosa's path during a performance have thanked her for her work. They see someone picking up dirt and trash and they appreciate it. But sometimes, Claudia says racism rears its head. I'm very perceptive now about it. You know, like, I have trained myself to be present without breaking character. So some of the reactions or the most hurtful reactions are the ones that I remember and I write about them. And Claudia talks about those reactions to Rosa too. She's given talks to big crowds here in San Diego. Buenos dias, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for coming in here. Yeah, buenos dias. Um, I would have never thought in a million years that me, an immigrant who moved to San Diego 15 years ago, was going to speak to You guys, such an amazing crowd. Thank you. Thank you. Creative mornings. Thank you. Gracias. And in those talks, she's really discussing all the challenges faced by lots of immigrant women cleaning American homes. Well, Rosa represents a system of values, helpful, politeness, neatness, and willing to work for little money to have a better life for herself and for her children. Well, why does she wear that uniform? The relationship between families and the women who clean up after them is both intimate and awkward. When it's an immigrant woman cleaning a home here in the U.S., often the two sides don't speak the same language. So any communication at all can be difficult. The inability to connect with clients leaves a lot of women who clean homes feeling isolated and powerless. And Claudia knows this because in creating Rosa, 
She interviewed many immigrant women who clean homes here in San Diego. She says most won't complain at all about their jobs. They say they're grateful and they make good money, more money than they could make if they didn't immigrate to the United States. But Claudia is willing to do the complaining for them. She says most of them work way too much, six or seven days a week, often more than eight hours a day. And the job is really physical, hard on their bodies. Most don't get paid sick in vacation days or any other benefits. They're often self-employed or paid illegally under the table depending on their immigration status. And their immigration status can be held over their heads, used as a tool to pay them less or take advantage of them in other ways. But Claudia says one of the recurring themes in her interviews with cleaners was this feeling of alienation. She says she heard from many of the women about the disconnect between them and their clients. Sometimes the relationship is great, but more commonly it's non-existent. She hopes Rosa might inspire people to make more of an effort to get to know the people who clean up their messes. Do you know their name? It's not only, you know, the service that um, maintenance people provide at home. They are also, as you said, you know, and your job. What are their names? Just their simple question. Name, last name, you know, it makes a big difference to them. Time for a quick break. When we come back, how Rosa was born. Plus, Kinsey talks to an actual immigrant woman who cleans houses in San Diego. Hear what she has to say about her experiences when we come back. KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Osher Lifelong Learning Institute, hosting an open house to learn about the upcoming classes and seminars, member benefits, and meet the volunteer leadership team. Saturday, March 30th. Registration at extendedstudies.ucsd.edu slash O-L-L-I. Artist Claudia Cano had a hard time adjusting to life in the U.S. As an immigrant from Mexico, she struggled to find her place here in San Diego. But her alter ego, Rosa, has helped. Here's Kinsey again. When I went to interview Claudia at her home, I got a little lost. At first, I pulled into the wrong driveway where a man in an American flag vest and an American flag cowboy hat with an American flag hanging above his garage sort of glared at me. Claudia lives in a quiet, well-off private community in the hills of La Jolla. I eventually figured out that Claudia lives right next door to the very patriotic man. When I got inside, I told Claudia how I initially thought I must be in the wrong place. It just didn't feel like the kind of neighborhood where a contemporary Latina artist doing the kind of work she's doing would live. Like, what? <laughs> Please yeah. don't tell me I'm in the wrong place. And I was. So. Yeah, that's how I feel. <laughs> I feel all the time. Uh, well, I was in many ways, Claudia has felt out of place since she first moved to the United States nearly two decades ago. Her first job here was as a nanny. She watched a family's kids and cleaned up after them, too. It was during that job that she first took note of the very different relationship between domestic workers and their bosses in the U.S. versus in Mexico. In Mexico, she says the relationship between the women who clean homes and watch children tends to be a little closer. They're treated more like family than employees. They play a, an intimate role in the family. They are not the difference between this culture and Mexico. In Mexico, they are not just in the back. They 
they watch TV with you, they put you to bed, they, there's a, a, an emotional connection. It's a weird, but does exist. Here, we don't know where they live, how their conditions are. They just come clean and leave. See, that's a big difference. It's a complex connection that was explored in the Netflix film Roma. The movie is a cinematic meditation on the life of an indigenous nanny living with a middle-class family in Mexico City. Claudia eventually married an American man and moved with her kids from a previous marriage permanently to the U.S. She had worked hard to build a solid career in media in Mexico, but her journalism skills didn't really transfer over to the U.S. She says she still struggles with her English, and she had a hard time finding a job here. So I gave up a lot of my personal, professional life. But when I moved here, the kids joined the school. I helped them to uh, adapt. They were partially uh, fluent in English because they were going to a bilingual school. Everybody was getting used to, but like, where do I go? What do I do? I don't have a job. Can't find a job. She started looking for her new place in the world, in a new country where she knew no one, but she couldn't find it. She got a job as a receptionist at a museum in San Diego, but she knew she was capable of more. So she went back to school and eventually graduated with her master's in fine arts from San Diego State University. Rosa was born during her time at SDSU. It began as a photography project. She was inspired by Cindy Sherman, the famed photographer known for her series of self-portraits dressed up as various characters. Claudia started taking photos of herself as various characters she was developing. Claudia initially had several alter egos, not just Rosa. She tried performing as a wealthy Mexican woman, but axed it after some time. She says she just couldn't connect to that character. Then she experimented with being a chef but she eventually cut that character too. She thought about being a gardener or a nanny. For every character she tried on, she did intense real-world research. She interviewed women who were like the character she wanted to play. But she ended up falling in love with Rosa. Most of the women Claudia interviewed for the character were mothers working hard to support their children. And as a mother of three, Claudia could relate to that. She admired the women's dedication to their kids. So for me, there's an intimate connection with that woman that it does exist and it's here and she's providing for her children. I've known many of them that they left the country, not only Mexico, but Guatemala, El Salvador, and they don't see their kids. They are down there and they are just sending money. But the sacrifices that they do, those women, because some of them, they rent small rooms so they can build their houses in their own countries or they can pay for their kids' college. or they can. There's a lot of sacrifice. And in that way, there's a connection because I'm a mother. You're a mother, so I connect with that. I know what it is to sacrifice, you know, even your meal to get up and take care of all of those things. So there's, a, there's more. There are, most of the women that I have had conversations with or relationships with are, 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 mo- are mothers. Rosa became Claudia's main focus, but at first she was just shooting still photographs of the character. 
she slowly began experimenting with public performances with Rosa. And one early experience at Friendship Park, the park where the fence runs into the ocean at the San Diego-Tijuana border, convinced her that doing public performances as Rosa would be her thing. I don't know if you're aware that you have to wear, you have to have a part passport or an, a valid ID in order for you to be there. And now it's worse than ever. But um, I went when the park was closed, so we had to walk all the way. I left myself and I told my husband, I'm, I'm going there. If you don't hear from me, <laughs> find me. <laughs> so anyways, uh, Rosa started sweeping the park and, um, you know, um, how do you say? Oh, I forgot. La Migra. Immigration? Immigration. Uh, they started to appear, and all of a sudden I had five officers asking Rosa. They were curious to know what she was doing, because she was sweeping. Just the, the, There's like a little sidewalk very close to the, the, the fence, and uh, I needed to take more photos of Rosa, so it takes time. And um, I had a group of officers. They were comfortable enough to know that it was art. When they all left, there was one that came back from the group because I, I wanted to pose, I wanted them to pose with Rosa and of course they, I scared them out by saying that. So they like, no, we have to go. And one of them came back and said uh, in Spanish, my mom has been cleaning houses for a living and now she's legal. So to me, that was my, my how can I put it? The, the light went off, went on and I decided that you know, I should do performances. I should not stay with um, steals. That was in 2013. Rosa has been alive now for six years. And in that time has earned Claudia a glowing review by an art critic for the Los Angeles Times, several exhibitions in and around San Diego, and a decent grant that allowed her to develop Rosa through several provocative public performances in Oceanside. Claudia does painting, photography, and other mixed-media work, too. But Rosa has been the thing that people have been paying the most attention to. Claudia continues to do interviews with real-life cleaning ladies in the region. She exchanges cleaning rags with them, and those rags have been shown in a few of her exhibitions. She also recently hooked up with a cleaning lady in Tijuana who's organizing workers in an effort to get better pay and other benefits. Claudia says Rosa and all the real women the character is based on have taught her a lot. Mostly, she says Rosa has given her purpose and a place in this country. She says Rosa has helped her develop a real-world identity of her own as a Latina artist doing work people care about. I will always be seen as a brown woman, Latina, right? But when I become Rosa, that is empowerment to me. They can do, the, the position is completely different. So um, one time in, in the recent lecture that I did, someone asked, have you changed something from Rosa? It's all the way around. Rosa has changed me. Rosa has given me the opportunity to place myself in the art world, for instance. Who had thought that a cleaning lady was going to be interviewed, right? She says Rosa has also taught her to be braver in the face of racism. That's why, again, you know the character is so powerful for me. Since I, I mock 
in a way, you know what happens, and it's ironical. And when I, I, I've been asked by people, what do you do? I'm a performance artist, and what is it that you do? I have an alter ego, and she's a cleaning lady. People laugh, and that's when it's like, oh, I got you. You know, like there's a level of racism there still. So to me, like, it doesn't hurt. You see what I mean? It's, it's so ironic. It doesn't hurt me anymore. It used to be before Rosa existed. It was painful when I was discriminated against or when my kids were placed in the like less, you know, in, in a group that were less advanced or when, you know, you, you know what I mean? It's like all those little moments when having an accent or a skin color means something else. Now I can I can do something with it. Just the idea of being present when someone does uh, racist comments and being able to listen to them and talk to an audience about what happens and it's real, you know, like or all of those things are are great for me. So that has taught me to be a better person. Being Rosa, yeah, to be more compelling. The, the idea of creating Rosa was trying to draw attention to the invisible women that exist, to the invisible artists also that exist. And by having this interview, it makes me very happy to think that the, there's, a, there's a, an eye, there's an ear, there's an audience, and there's hope of continue performing, continue working. Um, and that's pretty much it. I'm, I feel lucky. Rosa has made me feel lucky. After talking to Claudia, I wanted to check in with a real-world Rosa. So I asked the woman who cleans my house, Blanca Stovall, if she talked to me on tape. And trust me, before you judge me, just know that I am not rich. The way I convinced my husband to spend money on a house cleaner was by telling him that it's cheaper than marriage counseling. We're just happier people when we're not fighting about chores all the time. And as two full-time working parents with two very active young boys, the house cleaning stuff was really becoming a problem. But honestly, I'm still not entirely comfortable with this whole situation. I was a live-in nanny once, and it was weird and awkward to live with the people you work for and clean up after. The power dynamic when it comes to domestic work is just strange, and you can't help but feel a little bit less than the people you clean up after. Anyway, back to Blanca. She doesn't speak much English, but she understands a lot of it. Her daughter, Rosalie, stepped in to help translate. Que tu nombre, Blanca, me llamo Blanca. ¿Y cuántos años has trabajado? Y he trabajado aquí en San Diego 25 años. Wow. Ok, 20 años de babysitting y hoy limpio casas. Ok. Uh -huh. Every day is me and script ranch, es come back. Regreso a las 5, 6 de la tarde a mi casa. Voy a las 6 de la mañana. 
Ti every day. <laughs> Todos los días. Really? Seven, seven days? Yeah. Yes. Wow. Todos los días. Uh -huh. Trabajo todos los días, del domingo a domingo. So clearly, Blanca works way too much. She says she works seven days a week, Sunday through Sunday. But she doesn't complain about it. She says she loves her job. But Blanca says one of the biggest complaints she does hear from a lot of her friends who clean homes is how they never have conversations with their clients. They just can't seem to make connections. But Blanca, she's unique. Even though she doesn't speak a ton of English, she says she forces her clients to talk to her. She works hard to build real relationships with them. Blanca says she has close relationships with every single one of her clients. And as one of her clients, I can tell you that's true. Blanca and Rosalie have become family friends. We've eaten homemade tamales at their house. Blanca's husband Elton taught both my kids how to swim at the pool at her home. Rosalie has watched our cat for us. And we recently celebrated Rosalie's high school graduation with them. Blanca, by the way, has a home with a pool that's much, much nicer than mine and many of her clients. Her hard work has paid off over the years. Blanca says for the clients who have refused to talk to her, or the ones who treat her like a servant and bark demands at her, she simply quits. Y no, no nos decía hola, ni nada. Nada más era para decir, no toquen nuestros balones, no toquen esto. O sea, y le dije, bye, bye. She says she just won't work for people who aren't friendly anymore. Blanca says she just wishes her friends who clean houses didn't have to put up with being ignored or treated badly. I told her about Claudia and Rosa and how the project was meant to make people consider the lives of immigrant women like her and her friends. Blanca says she likes the project. Oh, está perfecto. Mm -hmm. Está perfecto de que conozcan las, las historias de... Sí, está perfecto. She thinks it's nice that she's doing that. That way a lot more people know like our stories instead of just a lady who cleans the house. Here is a KPVS podcast hosted by me, Alan Liliental. It was written and produced by Kinsey Moreland. Emily Jankowski is the technical producer. Lisa Morissette is operations manager, and John Decker is the director of programming. Most of the music you heard in today's episode was by Claudia Cano's son, Nacho Cano. When he's making music, he goes by Harmless. And you can hear more of his music at YoSoyHarmless.com. Harmless's new EP is out, and it's called A Donde Te Vas. You can hear it on Spotify. Do us a favor, and if you like the show, tell your friends and family to subscribe. Word of mouth is still the best way for people to find out about new podcasts. Thank you.
KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Osher Lifelong Learning Institute, hosting an open house to learn about the upcoming classes and seminars, member benefits, and meet the volunteer leadership team, Saturday, March 30th. Registration at extendedstudies.ucsd.edu slash O-L-L-I.